Hello, welcome to the Clear Skies Camino podcast. I'm David Smith, and thank you for listening this week. This is a podcast about El Camino de Santiago, a series of pilgrimages to the shrine of St. James in Santiago de Compostela in northern Spain. My guest this week is Ben La, who has walked the Camino de Santiago twice, most recently on the Camino del Norte last summer. Now I must admit I don't know a great deal about my next guest, but I'm looking forward to learn more during this conversation. Welcome, Pilgrim. Thanks so much for having me, David. It feels very surreal to be um, speaking with you right now after following you from afar for, for a few years. <laughs> Thanks very much. Now, tell me, can you remember when you first heard about the Camino de Santiago? Yeah, so this was in January of 2017. I was actually on a blind date. Uh, we were set up by a mutual friend and we just kind of started talking kind of the typical small talk stuff. And we got around to talking about what we were gonna do for the summer. And of course it had no plan in mind. And she had brought up this pilgrimage on what's called the Camino de Santiago. And mm. of course it was the first time I had heard of it. And so I was just very intrigued with, with her planning process with her um just kind of the, the preparation and her her thoughts going into it and just the idea of living day to day and um and just kind of the journey and everything that it entailed and so literally that night i just i went online i looked at so many videos and did some research and kind of decided um i think even just a few days later like i had to do this and i had to do it soon and i ended up walking the Frances uh, that spring. So it was the simplicity really that, that draw you to, drew you to it. I think that was definitely part of it. I was also, I think for, for the Frances during that time in my life, I was in a certain place where I think a pilgrimage was kind of what I needed. Um, I was working, I, I'm a college counselor and I, I was working at a Christian school at the time. And I think mm. I was um, in some ways, I think questioning my place at that school and just kind of, of just belonging in general. And so I think this general kind of maybe imposter syndrome was kind of kicking in. And so um, I think uh, being a lapsed Protestant is maybe the most apt description for kind of what I was going through at that time. Okay. And at what, what when did you actually uh, start the Camino de Santiago, the Camino Frances? Yeah, so for the Frances, I started in late April uh, that same year, 2017. I did the very cliche thing, which was to, to quit my job a little early so I could get a start on that. Uh, it was kind of funny. I chose the spring because I thought it was going to be less crowded than the summer, but it turned out it was, I think, just as crowded as ever. I think the spring is kind of the new summer. And so uh, starting in late yeah. April, yeah, and I... I I wanted to plan enough time to do it, so I actually planned almost six weeks, which turns out I didn't need that much time, but, um, but I ended up finishing um, in early June. Um, and after arriving in Santiago, I continued on to Finisterre. Perfect, perfect. And your first couple of days, how, how, how did you find your first couple of days? Was it, was it easy for you or, or did you find it difficult for, uh, in walking? Yeah, I thought in terms of my own preparation, I didn't do a lot of physical preparation mm. only because I'm, you know, at that time I was still pretty active. And so mm. just a lot of 
walking in, like some occasional jogging, I suppose. And so it, it wasn't as, I mean, it was difficult because that first day on the Frances, if you're going straight to Roncesvalles from, from Saint-Jean could be mm. um, quite the trek. And so uh, it's, it's, unless you do a lot of hiking, it's, it's really hard to prepare fully for just the, the severe incline and also the, um, the, the descent, which I found to be actually much harder um, on my knees. And so it was, it wasn't too bad, but, um, but yeah, those, those first few days were definitely um, eye-opening um, and just the reality that sits in. And did you start off solo? I did. Um, and I mean, the, the Frances, you do, I guess, on all Caminos, you kind of run into the same people. But on the Frances, mm -hmm. especially, I, I found that I was kind of on pace with roughly the same group for at least the first, the first half, for sure. And even if there were a couple of days when you wouldn't um, see some familiar faces, you would see them eventually. And so I think the whole idea of the Camino family was definitely um, prevalent. I, I definitely would agree with you. Um, I found myself, um, each of my Camino family would, would stick together. It's kind of like I'm an elastic band kind of sticking together. If, if, it, if yeah. Yeah, it really is. And no matter how much you plan in advance, like you, you realize that you have to change those plans because mm. you have to make that decision. Okay. Mm. Do I want to stick with what I was hoping to do or you not know, at the time? what I thought I wanted, or mm. do I want to kind of stay on pace with these, these people who have become actually very important to me in a very short period of time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And how many kilometers would you typically walk per day? So I think I was averaging about 24, I want to say 15 miles, so 24 kilometers. Um, mm. So, and I think that's fairly standard. I didn't take any rest days. And so I did have some shorter walking days, but I think I ranged anywhere from, I want to say maybe, I think maybe 15 was my shortest day. And I, I had a couple of days of 40, which was definitely pushing it, but it was, yeah. you know, sometimes you just know, okay, I'm just, I have a lot to think about and I'm just going to walk and I'm going to just keep going until I'm tired. I think my sweet spot, sweet spot for me is, is between 25 and 30 K but as I'm getting older, I think I, I'm really struggling to hit 30K now at this stage. <laughs> I mean, sometimes your body, your body and your mind don't always yes. agree. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, is there any particular part of the community that, that really, um, um, that, that you really appreciated more, that you really enjoyed? Yeah, so on the Frances, it was... And I know some people skip this section altogether, but the Meseta was mm. just, I thought was such a special journey. Um, there's one albergue in particular, um, I think right before um, Hontanas um, called the Arroyo de San Bol. And it's just, I'm oh, not yeah. even sure kind of where, like what village or town it's a part of. It's just kind of by it's, itself. It's not really a town. It's, it's, it's just a little chalet off, um, off a road. Yeah, I mean, some people call it an oasis because there literally is a spring <laughs> in the back. And of course the legend is you you dip your feet in and it's supposed to have these magical healing mm. powers. But I think in reality, it's just so cold that of course it's, mm. just, gonna, it's just gonna help with um, with the healing. And I know a lot of pilgrims will stop by for a break, but mm. I decided there was just something about that place that felt special to me and there was no Wi-Fi, And so you're kind of forced, right. you know, from the States who aren't using data you're you're forced to talk to other people and there's a really nice communal dinner and it was just a, 
a pretty, um, I, I just thought it was a memorable stop for me. Um, yeah. And then on the Norte, I think the, the big turning point for me was um, I had decided that I was going to walk the Norte and then eventually transition into the Primitivo. And so that's what I had planned. I had the spreadsheet all set up and everything. And then um, again, you, you meet people and you realize it's you're just not ready to, to separate from them. And so mm. there's a stretch on the Norte where it splits off. And I just, I remember just taking a photo of the split and just kind of kept walking straight. And mm. from that moment on, it was totally unplanned. And so that was a very different Camino for me because I was really, I guess, going in blind for the most part. But mm. you know, of course, there were others still around me. So we could kind of just figure it out together. And I think um, it was very out of character for me to not plan a certain part. And But I thought that was really helpful. Um, and I, I think it was really what I needed at that point because I just, um, it was something I didn't have to stick to. And that was, that was liberating. And arriving into the Plaza de Obradorio uh, on your first, after your first Camino, what was your impression? So I know, I know a lot of people describe it as anticlimactic and I, I mm. understand that sentiment. I just don't think that's the right term for it and mm. I mean I didn't feel this kind of exhilaration or anything like that because, and that's part partially because I knew I was continuing on to Finisterre and um, and I did take um, a day to rest before heading on but I think it was more a feeling of contentment that mm. I was going through just you know I made it this um, you know it may not be the most important thing but I know it's not the least important like this is a very um, you know, significant part of the journey. And I was just really, I think just content to just to hang out, to, to sit for a while, to see other pilgrims that I had seen um, over the weeks also walking in. Um, and I'd actually arrived, uh, I think on the Francis a day ahead of schedule. And so mm. I got to spend the night and then the next morning, I just kind of plopped myself down um, over in the back and just watched pilgrims kind of coming in for a good, two to three hours before um, you know, taking a break and then coming back in the afternoon to do the same thing. So, um, so it, was, it was very memorable. Um, and I, I had a similar feeling on the Norte, but, um, but, but it was different just knowing that you had done that walk before you kind of knew what to expect mm. and also being in a different point in my life, um, just kind of knowing what my, what my goals were um, also, the first time I, I did walk in by myself, and, and the second time I was I walked um, with someone else, and so it was nice to to share that experience with um, yeah. with another pilgrim. Yeah. Now, after your first Camino, did you feel that you did you or did you notice any changes uh, in yourself following this Camino? Um, the reason I ask is because uh, I I have after my a few of my conversations with guests previous to this conversation. Um, they have not, they have said that they've noticed changes in themselves. Um, but I'm just I'm just curious in your I'm just curious with you with you have you noticed changes following your first Camino? I think the changes for me were more gradual. Um, mm. I I need time to reflect um, before I think for anything to to kick, kick in most of the time. And so if, of course I think there are some immediate changes in terms of just kind of. Um, 
what I want to do with my life or how I want to like think about certain things. I guess I know I'm being somewhat vague there, but, mm. um, but I, you know, but I think um, in terms of coming back home and thinking about how to apply that um, in my daily life, I think I just became just very obsessed with stories. Mm. And, um, and actually when I came back, I started working at a new school in San Diego and I gave a chapel talk on this journey and really just kind of the central theme being just, mm. you know, you go, I think in many ways for yourself, but you come away kind of thinking about other people more. And so that's something that, um, that's, that was really on my mind most prominently is just kind of thinking more about other people and, and their journeys and yeah. what you can learn from that. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. And then in 2019, um, you, you had the poll to return. Um, I did. <laughs> and this time to walk the Norte. Um, what prompted you to walk the, the Camino del, del, del Norte last year? Yeah, and it's, um, and kind of going back to the Frances, kind of an interesting story. So, you know, I, I mentioned that I quit my job to walk the Frances. Yes, and then that's it. Before I, before I left, I actually interviewed for my current job in San Diego and almost kind of, I kind of applied at the last minute and I interviewed and I let them know I was taking this journey, which is why I left my previous school so early. And they kind of looked at me with this somewhat blankly, not, not knowing mm. what the Camino was and why I was doing this. And I actually got the offer while I was in Spain. Um, our upper school director made the call. And um, and so, yeah, I got the job offer while I was, I was on the Camino. And this was mm. maybe on the second week of, of that journey. And of course I accepted. Had he called maybe in the fourth or fifth week, I'm not fully sure I would have taken the job because I think I was, I wanted some more time because I was just really enjoying myself. I was enjoying the combination of solitude and community, which the Camino provides. And Absolutely. just, yeah. Um, yeah, just, it was such, so different from what my normal life is. And, you know, Americans are, are very hardworking and I don't necessarily think that's mm. always a good thing. I think we're just obsessed with, with work and staying busy. And this was, a chance to do something completely different. And so my desire to do the Norte was largely a, I think a continuation of that thought of what if I had taken a year off to, to travel and maybe journey some more and to, um, and just to wander because that was, I mean, I, I consider myself to be a professional wanderer at this point. And so mm. why not, um, why not continue doing it? And so, and for those who, you know, for those who really love the Camino, of course, they're already planning their next Camino once they get to Santiago, it seems like. And so Absolutely. I was, I was very much in that state. And unfortunately I was also supposed to take a group of students this summer um, to walk from Leon to Santiago so oh, just to no. get a taste. And, and obviously that didn't happen. That but, didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that was something I was, I was really looking forward to, but the, you know, the itch is, is always there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, of course, I've saw some of your photographs on, on, on Instagram as well. Uh, some of the some of the amazing photographs on the on the Camino del Norte. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful trail. Uh, it's not one I've walked just yet, uh, but uh, I hope to walk it in the future. Um, some of my friends have walked it and they've told me it's such an amazing um, part of the country, northern Spain. 
It really is. And it's such a, I mean, you'll hear lots of people say this who have done mm. both. It's just so different from the Francis. Mm. Um, and it's a lot of, um, actually a lot of veteran pilgrims who walk the Norte. I didn't mm. meet a ton of people who were, who were doing that for their first Camino, although that does happen as well. And so they, they know what the Camino is. They um, kind of similar to my experience, they just, they felt that need to go back. And, um, and I think a lot of Europeans are, um, are on that Camino as well. So for them, it's a lot more mm. accessible. Um, and so, um, yeah, but just, just a gorgeous um, place to walk. I did every alternate route possible, which probably wasn't the best for my, for my knees, but it was well worth it. And, um, and, and I don't know, I think it's definitely more of a, an adventurous sort of Camino, I guess. And the Francis is a lot more historic. And I think to yeah. me, that's always going to be special because it was the first one. It's almost like a band's first album. It's, it's this culmination of their life experiences, right? And that's kind of yeah. what the Francis felt like to me. Mm. Um, the Norte was really, um, I think, more for the challenge and for the, just the opportunity to see just a different part of the country. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. And um, in relation to your preparation for your first Camino, um, how did you go about preparing for your for your first Camino? Um, Was it a case of uh, reviewing um, like YouTube videos and websites and forums? Yeah, really. So lots of youtube videos um of course many americans watch the movie the way which you know, for better yeah. or for worse of course hollywood gets gets a say in that process <laughs> um so i was trying not to um not to over romanticize the journey based on that but yeah. I, i'd be lying if i didn't yeah. say it was somewhat um appealing from that perspective but um, but you know listening to lots of podcasts as well uh, including one mm. that a certain david smith was on um <laughs> oh you heard my original one I, I with, totally with dan with dan yes. yeah okay yeah oh no with um with dave with dave yes 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 dave yeah yeah yeah, yeah so and it was that's a while ago <laughs> that was <laughs> and yeah but I, and i think that maybe planted the seed of just the mm. desire to listen to other people's stories and that was just super appealing to me and and of course you get obsessed with the packing list right like everyone mm. has an opinion and of course and I'm kind of a gear junkie myself and so yeah that was kind of more of a fun part of the process but just kind of deciding for myself what worked best for me and of course everyone has their own strategy and opinion but um, I kind of settled on my stuff and was was very happy with that everyone has their own packing list absolutely and everyone learns as they go along you know uh, i'm still learning um, yeah you know yeah. even I, I don't know i can't i can't count how many caminos I've, I've walked now and i'm still learning you know if someone if someone give gives me a tip today i will look into it you know i will i will go onto youtube and i will look into it and, and I'll, I'll comment on it you know right so i'm i'm always eager to learn so um yeah, and as an additional part of the preparation, I know you had a, a previous guest actually just talk about just learning a little bit of Spanish. And mm. you know, I, I'd taken Spanish in high school and a little bit in college. Mm. And I, at one point, I was actually quite good. But I, mm. of course, I'd kind of forgotten uh, or lost some of my language skills over the years. And so, you know, I try to make it a point to, um, to kind of relearn at least what might be helpful. And one kind of fun moment on my first Camino was um, there is this... Uh, 
Korean man, um, and I'm of Korean descent and a Korean American. Um, and and I, that was also surprising, just how many Koreans were on the Francis. That was shocking to me. Yes, I haven't, but, absolutely. Yeah, I agree I saw, with you, yeah. Um, but I saw this guy trying to order a, a beer at the bar and, and a, you know, he didn't speak Spanish or English. And, mm. um, and the person at the bar was trying to um, uh, discern what he was saying. And so I kind of helped translate, but I don't, I don't speak Korean or Spanish yet. Here I was mm. like translating between two languages I don't naturally speak. And it was just, um, just kind of a funny moment, but, um, but to kind of um, echo what um, your other guest was saying, it, it, I think it is helpful to learn a little bit of Spanish, at least yeah. the really practical things. Uh, the people in Spain are um, very appreciative of just mm. the effort you make, even if just grammatically, it's just so far off, it's almost comical. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, even something very useful, like what's the Wi-Fi password, I think could be <laughs> very helpful. No, absolutely. I, I agree. Um, you know, even just to get directions, you know, it, yeah. it, it, that, it's, it's the world of good just to get directions or how much is or uh, could you tell me where, um, you know, something as simple as that would, it, it really helps. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just curious as well, um, for pilgrims who are listening and they're planning their, their Camino, um, could, you, could you recommend any tips or tricks for, for those pilgrims who are planning their first Camino? Yeah, so and I, actually, I think you just mentioned the Camino Forum. That was also mm. um, a really helpful resource for me is to, yeah. um, every question you have on the Camino it's will the, be it's addressed all there. The it's it's it, all there, I think, yeah. It, it is. Um, and... And I think my advice would be, and it's partially related to that, but it's also just kind of the idea of giving back. And part of that could just be donating supplies that you're not going to use anymore. Um, and in Santiago, there's a church nearby. There's also a place called the Pilgrim House that accepts donations of any kind. Mm. Um, giving back could be, I mean, for some people actually serving as a, as a hospitalero, um, working yeah. at a, an albergue. I, I think I have a few more Caminos in me before I, I consider that, but, um, but that's something to consider. But then on the forums, it's also about not just kind of just obtaining information, just kind of using it as a consumer, but to also um, provide your own insights. Um, it really is a place mm. for all pilgrims to really just pass down knowledge. Um, I know, you know, there are some who haven't been on the Camino in years and things could, could have changed. And so it's always a great place to kind of update what, um, you know, anything that might've changed over the years. And so um, I'm a big supporter about, of just giving back and, and using the Camino Forum as a reference. Um, something else to be wary of, um, <laughs> particularly for those who are starting, I think at or near the beginning. And I know John Briley kind of talks about this in his book. It's a pretty well-known um, resource for pilgrims, but it's just, I think the idea of just being slow to judge people um, and, you know, I know a lot of people just don't have the time to, to walk mm -hmm. the whole thing. So they'll start um, on the Frances, it would be around Saria. And you realize just how crowded the, the Camino becomes. And mm -hmm. you, know, you see all these school groups as well, kind of joining in and it could get a little bit overwhelming. And, um, and, you know, I was hearing some things about kind of 
uh, the term tourgrino or just kind of just yeah I'm nodding in my head in agreement with you here Ben um I I don't have I I talked about this uh in my last podcast um I don't have the time um I have a full-time job so typically I walk for two two and a half weeks per year so if I was to walk on the Camino Frances I would walk from let's just say from St. Jean to Belorado or Belorado to Astorga or Astorga to Santiago. That would be a typical Camino for me every year. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have the luxury of walking a full Camino. So uh, I would have to wait till I retire. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I think I, I agree with you. People should be careful not to judge. Right. And you know, some people should packs. I know, Mm. Some people take taxis, but maybe they got hurt. You just, you don't know what the story is, right? Yes. So, and I think along those same lines, and for anyone listening who needs to hear this, I think it's also being slow to judge yourself Mm. um, and just thinking, and I I think there are times, especially during my first Camino, where I was wondering, am I I doing this right? And in Leon, I recall, I booked my first hotel in Leon, and it was not a fancy place, but it was... I had my own bed. I had my own room. I didn't listen to anyone snoring next to me. And, and I needed that at that point. And yet I just, I felt so guilty just because I was just wondering, gosh, what a medieval pilgrims did not have this luxury. And here I am washing my pack um, because, you know, by that point it didn't smell great. And just, just taking advantage of, of, um, well, pilgrim luxuries, but, you know, luxuries nonetheless. And I, I think I was maybe a little harsh on myself at, at certain points. And then um, I did the same thing on the, on the Norte um, mm. halfway through. But that time I was very at peace with that decision um, because, again, mm. um, it was something I had planned more in advance. Mm. And I knew exactly my reasons for doing so. And it, it gave me some freedom just to, just to assess how things were going without the distractions of of anyone else and so yeah so for any future pilgrims like there's there really is no wrong way to do it um if you have your own reasons then you should be at at peace with yourself for that as someone wise once said everyone walks their own walk absolutely yeah Uh, that's so true yeah absolutely so i don't think anyone should feel guilty at all um uh I stayed in a, a very nice pension in Burgos in 2018 for 30 euro. And in that small room, had a nice bed <laughs> and, um, and it was a lovely bed. And that was where I finished my, my Camino for that year. And the next day I went home to Ireland, uh, but um, didn't feel guilt at all. Uh, and that was uh, I the next the next day uh, said said goodbye to all my friends who marched on into the Meseta. <laughs> that's, that's great. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and pilgrims, I mean, you you go on the Camino because you shouldn't have anything to prove. Like that's not yeah. the purpose yeah. of of that journey. No. no, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. yeah. And is there any particular Camino that you that you have in in, in mind next to walk? So 
or am I putting you on the spot? No, no. I mean, that's, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, you see me smiling because, <laughs> you know, on my last Camino, the, the intention was to do the Primitivo. And mm. I mean, I, that, that is the one that I'd like to do someday. Um, a lot of mm. the, the Hospitaleros um, have mentioned that that's their favorite mm. Camino. Um, and yeah, so someday I, I would like to do that. Um, I'm, I would kind of toy around with the idea of doing the Norte to the Primitivo again, but I just worry that the same thing's going to happen. Where I'm just going to mm. meet people and I'm going to want to um, yeah. change my plan again. So, um, but I, but I do know I want to be back. Um, I know some people kind of talk mm. about what that next journey is going to be or what that next trip will be. And, and for me, I think it's, it's always going to be the Camino. Um, yeah. It's just, I, they're really, there are similar things to it, but there's nothing quite the same about it and it's even now being I guess officially a veteran at this point I still there's still things I just can't quite put my finger on it's just you just kind of know it when you feel it and that's one of the few places where I just I always feel it yeah it's just that for me the reason that I really appreciate it it's the simplicity of just waking up the next day and just putting on your backpack and walking with all your belongings and meeting a friendly face and walking with them for a couple of hours and then meeting another friendly face and walking with them for another for another couple of hours and then sitting down with them for a meal and then meeting another friendly face for and then you know and repeating the same thing over and over again there's no bad vibes and there's no arguments you know, um, you're not ca- carrying any ill will, you know, and all around you is stunning scenery at the same time. So um, it's, 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 it's a place I feel most comfortable. Um, yeah. You know, um, and I look forward to going back again. Yeah, it really, it's it's such a safe place. And mm. the people you meet, I mean, even though it is a relatively short period of time, it's, mm. they're still significant. Um, and before I forget, I, I, I did want to make it a point to share that um, on my Instagram account, um, I have nothing to promote, but mm. um, I, after the Frances, there's a photo of me um, just kind of lying on the ground, just kind of staring at the cathedral with this just, stupid grin on my face it's probably one of the worst photos of me that exists that's that's okay um the the man who took the photo um his name's rob Friedis. um he he, i met him and karen um on the during the Frances, and they're they're based in new hampshire and so when we had all returned i actually got to visit them um because i was in boston for for a conference i just made the drive and then a few months later they visited me um in San Diego because they just happened to be in town. And so just in a very short period of time, I got to be reunited with them. Um, and Rob um, unfortunately passed away over the summer. And oh, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't a surprise. It was, um, so he had been ill for a while. Oh. And so, and because of COVID, of course, it took a while for the, um, for the arrangements to be made. And so there was a pre-recorded service with a Zoom um, reception and- oh, I'm and sorry. Was, and oh no, it's and you know I was there and um, just kind of listening to all these things about Rob and and I was, it just occurred to me that I, mean, I I hadn't known him 
for very long or even that well, but he's, he was just such an important part of my journey. And, mm. um, but it's just, it, it really is kind of crazy how the Camino builds that type of community in those relationships and mm. that um, it really does feel special. So um, I just, I wanted to make it a point to share that because as I was kind of thinking about this interview, I just, I was thinking mm. about Rob and Karen and um, just kind of that particular journey. No, that's, that's a, a point well shared. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's amazing how, how the seeds of, of friendships can be built into, into, you know, strong friendships over the matter of over short days, you know, you know, very, very strong friendships over the matter right. of, over, over a number of days. Yeah. I mean, people joke about Camino time and kind of what the yeah. equivalent, like a day on the Camino is the equivalent yeah. of how many weeks in real life. And that's, yeah. that really is true. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, um, so we'll, we'll, I think we'll wrap it up here because, um, time is running out. <laughs> we, we, I, but we, I would love to have you on the, on the podcast maybe at a later time, if you do go back on the, on the Camino. Oh, that'd be great. I'd love to love to come back. And of course, um, you know, the Camino is always beckoning. So hopefully um, in the not too distant future, we'll, we'll both be on there someday and absolutely in, I, in healthier times. I, I hope to walk from Porto next year. Um, if all L, if all is good in, uh, in 2021. Um, that's with all my fingers crossed. Uh, but we'll see. Um, but uh, in the meantime, uh, Ben, thanks very, very much for uh, for being on the podcast this evening. Yeah, well, thank you so much again for having me, and um, and congrats on getting this started. It's it's very exciting to hear just more people talking about the Camino. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure, and uh, uh, have a good day wherever you are. <laughs> Great, thanks so much. If you enjoyed this podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you are notified when a new episode is posted. Rate it and review and share it with all your friends. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you are leaving with some great tips for your Camino. Until next time, buen Camino. Yeah.